already know what it is you're listening to the urban product it's your boy dme it's your boy cozy rich and we just came back from a wonderful weekend in atlanta where um j cole personally invited the both of us into their revenge of the dreamers three session it was really dope and when i tell you how amazing that was that was very amazing i might have been like better than my punta Cana trip earlier this year facts facts i got a couple features in the bag right now um i'm gonna announce those moves soon maybe i'm looking for uh, fall 19 release maybe 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 october november but you guys are gonna get some heat i'm actually featured on a skit that's gonna come out in the album so once that album does come out you should see me on one of those tracks don't know which track it is but you should see me on there soon yeah my man Devin was on the music shit but me i was on the business aspect of it actually you know music is business but you know I was out here networking with the, you know, head honchos, producers, J. Cole himself, CEO of, you know, their their label and everything. So I, I got some nice contacts in there. You know, I'll be making a couple moves soon. So when you see me out in L.A. doing my thing, you know, with a suit on, you know, glasses, you know, I got the AirPods in and shit. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> so, yeah, when the project comes out, make sure you look for the urban product on that. Other than that, how has everything with you been? I uh, you know, I had a pretty... What the fuck did I do this weekend? Wow, I'm drawing black. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just chilled, went to work. Oh, oh I went to escape room with Shorty. Me and Shorty went to an escape room, and... Aw, you're putting her on the podcast. That's cute. I ain't got shit to That's hide. That's adorable. I ain't got shit to hide, bro. Aw, guys. Guys, you don't know. We just, we just witnessed a beautiful moment. I've known this man since freshman. Let me not talk about... What's Can I finish my weekend? So Go yeah, ahead. we How went to an escape know? room. We went to an escape room, right? Because we watched the movie Escape Room. How was that? That movie is absolutely wild. Y'all need to go see it. I don't want to like give any details because that movie is just great. It's like really suspenseful. Got a lot of drama, and you know, it's a good plot altogether. And it has a little like, it has some Easter eggs in there, and and uh, it just draws you in. But yeah, I digress. This actual escape room, though, uh, we went to one. So let me let me give you a little background on that, right? So I was uh I was looking doing a little research on them, and they, like they had levels, and you know me being the you know smart cocky ass dude that I am, I was looking at level one and two, and those rooms in the descriptions, I was like, yo, this is way too easy. I'm gonna solve this way too easily, way too fast. Wait, the I need actual a- escape room you want to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which one you wanna go to, Butterboard? Nah, nah, nah. We went to one in the South Shore. It was in Kingston. Oh, so it wasn't a real escape room. I heard you. <laughs> Just fucking with you. That's hella disrespectful. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, yeah, so, like, levels one and two, I was looking at those in their description. I was like, I'm going to solve this real quick. Like, we're too, we're too smart for this. I need a challenge. 
So I looked at a level three, a level, a level three room, right? The room I picked was a Houdini room, magic room and all that, right? So he trapped us in the room. It's first of all small shit. So I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? I'm about to, I'm about to crack this hella easily. Okay. And then, um, so lady, lady gives us the rules and then she's like, all right, you have 60 minutes. Uh, first clue is on the podium. I read that first clue, bro. When I tell you, I was like, what the fuck? I, I was so confused. So, you know, I gave it like five minutes, 10 minutes, and I sort of understood what it was. And I had to, you know, work with work with some, you know, playing cards and all that. And then um, long story short, bro, I didn't get past the first clue in 60 minutes. We did not get past that first clue. So you just and, got, you were just stuck in a room. Uh, it was fun. It was fun because, like, we were trying to use other clues within the room to solve the first clue, but, like, it didn't work. And, like, at the end of it, I asked the lady, like, what the answer was. And I wasn't off by a lot. I just had the wrong order of numbers because, like, every box had a lock on it. Some boxes had, like, three locks on it. So I had to use, like, multiple clues. It's very complicated. Yeah. I recommend people, if you think you're smart, to go in the escape room because you're going to get very humbled like I did. Was it just y'all in the room? Was there any yeah. other people there too? No, it was just us. So 60 minutes? Yeah. Fuck that. Nah, bro. It's <laughs> fun because you got to like use everything in the room and there's like, a lot of shit in the room. So it was just like, all right, does this work? Nah. Are does people that work? on the outside like watching you? Or? No. So what if what if you want to get out? You can't get out until the time's up. So I'm stu- no matter how, if I like or choose to leave, I'm stuck there for an hour. You spent your money on that. If you want to leave with it. How much? It was forty dollars, total, for everything. Or yeah, that's crazy. That's cheap. Um, so shameless plug for my hometown. If you guys want to visit a wonderful escape, yeah, border board. I'm going uh, over like there. not an escape room, but like an escape house type of shit. Y'all should hit up Bodeborg in Malden, Massachusetts. It's um in in Malden Square, I believe, on Unpleasant Street. One of the first of its kind to open in the country. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. Besides that, uh, when I wasn't in Atlanta, I was in New York this weekend. Uh, had to visit, had to visit some people. Pulled up with uh, one of my best friends because he's getting deployed next month to Kuwait. So um, I just had to show him around one more time before he dipped and made sure I had all my people in the same space before not seeing him for a year. That was dope. Saw Spider Man again, and I. Once again, I recommend all of y'all to go watch that shit because it was, it was a great movie the second time seeing it. And besides that, yeah, I pretty much just chilled, partied, and just did my thing with my homies. I'm always having a dope time with my homies. Uh, don't mind me right now because I'm, like, really congested and I've been, like, sneezing and coughing all day. Sound like a bitch. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, respect. Lucky I respect you so much, because <laughs> all the shit that I, you know, I could have said would just not have sounded great on the mic. You feel me? <laughs> so respect to everybody that Rich knows I would have put out there, and let's move on and have a yeah. great show. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see things that have happened this week. All right, so while I was um while I was in New York, fun part about being in New York is that. New York hates Boston, vice versa, and it's great. I like New York, actually. It's, yeah. very, it's ah. very, you know, I like the liveliness of the city. It's, I like it. It depends on where I'm at. So, my best friend's from New York, so surprisingly, we click well. That's lit. Um, but I went to one of the bars over there to uh, watch the Patriots game. It was uh, 
the Pats versus the Chargers. You know, you can guess who won. We won. What was the score again? It was 41 to 28 Patriots, but the score indicates that we won by 13, but we really won by more. It wasn't even close. Oh, yeah. We had 30. It was 35 to 7 at halftime. It was beautiful. Like, we could have forced it. So I was at the bar with um, my homie watching the game. And we had our, he had his Pats gear on. I forgot to bring mine. And then in the bar, there was mad Chargers fan, like, dressed up in, like, Chargers gear and all that shit. And I'm over here, like, you know, is everybody here really a Chargers fan? Or does nobody here just fuck with the Patriots? Because we're in New York, after all. You feel me? And obviously, everyone was mad loud in the beginning of the game. And then eventually, when we got when we got that lead on him, the bar got real quiet. You feel me? And I was over here just sipping my Yo, drink. Yo, what was it like? Food. I want to ask you, like, what was it like when it was like twenty-one to seven in the Patriots? It was it obvious. Was great. It was obvious, like the Patriots was just gonna keep scoring because the Chargers weren't doing shit. Like, the well, vibe of the bar was just yeah. so sad, fam. Like, were people like still talking shit though? Like, yeah, Yo, they were trying gonna- to talk. Like, bro, it, I think it was maybe the beginning of fourth quarter, or I don't know. The Chargers had seven, and then they scored once more. And oh, then so I remember yeah. somebody in the bar was like, oh, they're making a comeback. I turned and I was like, dog. Like, watch your mouth. Damn, the game been over since the first quarter, bro. They're not coming back after this No, nah, that's crazy, though. Because, like, I was watching it at work, and, like, I was wrapping up boxes in the back rooms. Like, I was doing that on purpose so people would leave me alone and everything. And I was just like, yo, this game is boring. And I was at work saying that because it's just like, yo, Patriots scoring every freaking time they touch the ball. Chargers ain't even putting up a fight. Like, Tom Brady was just Superman out there. It was beautiful. And did you see his IG post after the game? Oh, listen to with 50? Like, listen yeah. to the Many Men, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it you already know. Men. He's hip. I'm always excited um, after after we win to see what Brady posts because he'll always post mostly, like, hip-hop into his IG videos. So I'm always down to see, like, what song he uses. A couple times he used Stiz in his IG videos, and that gave him that gave Stiz a lot of clout. So I always respected that. And it's like I don't know why when when LeBron, you know, like when LeBron does his shit on IG with like mad hip hop, mm-hmm. it's like for the football side, it's like Tom Brady. Like when if Tom Brady plays your shit on his gram, it's like you get the stamp. Yo, because Tom Brady's the goat. That's why like it's it's obvious that he's the greatest of all time when it comes to like quarterbacking in, in the NFL. Facts. So like it's like the ultimate respect when the goat is playing your music Facts. to get hyped to, especially. And everybody wants to have their debates on who's the goat. No, QB it's not a debate, bro. It's not a debate. I know. I know. I know. Well, obviously, we're going to say that because, like, Real we're quick, Patriots though. fan and Tom quick, Brady Before you, before you talk shit. about that, how gassed do you think 50 was? Like, how big do you think? How much bigger do you think his ego got? Not that much bigger. Eh, Somebody like 50's caliber, if it's just Tom Brady, like, it's just an athlete. 50, 50. He, he posted was, about it. I was saying, 50 yeah. likes to I don't think toot his own gassed. horn a lot. Yeah, I don't think he was that gassed, though, just to say. All right, all right, fair to say. But, yeah, you were saying my fault? Um... I don't know. What was that saying? All right. So, we talking about expectations for next week. Sure. What do you expect, like, them to do versus uh, the Chiefs in, in Kansas City? Here's the thing, right? Because people know me. I don't really follow sports like that. Um, so, my expectations are that we're going to kick their ass every single time. That's my expectation. Uh, we normally... I, I saw some statistic to, that said um, we hold the record for most times... Um, most consecutive times reaching the AFC championship. Yeah, most consecutive times reaching the conference championships. And we also have the most buys or something like that. Yeah, eight straight years. Yeah. So, 
if I'm going off the knowledge of that, I'm just going to expect that we win again. Um, what is it looking like for the NFC? Who's playing that championship? Um, so in, in the NFC, it's Saints versus the Rams in New Orleans. Saints versus the Rams. So that means for the Super Bowl, we're going to be playing the Saints or the Rams. So we're going to be playing, ooh, Saints or Rams. We might be playing the Rams. Okay. Okay. I yeah. respect that. See me. I, I don't know shit about either team. Nah, me. I, I heard I a follow, lot about the Rams this year for some reason. Yeah, Rams were both teams were pretty dirty to be honest with you. But like, um, so I was. I'm very like into sports and all that. So I have a good sense of like what's going on in the NFL. And when it comes down to you know Kansas City versus the Patriots and all that, yo, bro, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be straight up with you. I don't. I can't remember the last time we won in Kansas City. Second of all. We're ter- We're not really a good road team when it comes to AFC championships. I think we're like three and five, or something like that. About to be four and five. Not lied. I lied. That was this year when it came to road games. We were three and five. But AFC championships, I think we lost like the last two on the uh, road. So like when it comes to knowing that, it just makes me hesitant. But it's then then again, it's like we have Tom Brady and we also have Bill Belichick. Yep. And and Bill, we trust. You feel me? Facts. So it's like I can't not have faith in them. But then again, I'm looking at Kansas City, and I'm like, yo, they got Patrick Mahomes. Definitely going to be that MVP. Man threw 50 touchdowns in his first real season, like, Mm -hmm. as a quarterback. Like, what? Their offense is explosive, bro. Oh, my gosh. I saw them versus um, the Colts and everything, and, like, yo, their defense stepped up, and their defense is usually trash. Their offense was just chewing them, like, apart. It was it was crazy to watch. It was like entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just watching that, and I'm like, all right, our defense isn't crazy good. We bend, but we don't break. Meaning, like, we'll give up yards, but we don't give up touchdowns. But I'm like, yo, Kansas City, I don't know. But either way, I'm going to still pick the Patriots because, you know, in Bill we trust, in Tom we trust. So he's the GOAT. He's going to find a way. He's motivated. And, you know, we're going to game plan for them perfectly. Um... Score, I'm going to give you, it's going to be 14 to 27 Patriots. Watch it. For the AFC game? AFC championship, yeah. NFC, when it comes down to that. Are you placing bets? Um, I'm not a betting man yet because mm. I don't have the. So Rich will be placing bets. Um, hit us on our IG page, you know, At if you want to talk money. I will gladly sweep you for anything that you're willing to bet. And, yeah, let's get it rocking. So, yeah, <clears throat> when it comes to the NFC, though, like, yeah, um, Saints versus Rams in New Orleans. Saints are crazy at home. Always perform very well. Drew Brees is that man. He's that man. I can't, I can't say that enough. Uh, the thing with them, though, is that, like, he only got one receiver, really. And Malcolm Thomas, he's a beast. Uh, their running game is crazy. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Drew Brees, of course. And their defense, you know, is pretty, it's pretty good this year. No cap. But, like, the Rams, holy shit, bro. They got weapons all over the place. Their defense is stacked. They they playing re- really well right now. They just dominated the Cowboys. So, I'm just like, sheesh. I don't know who to pick. And, like, the Saints were struggling versus the Eagles early. But then, like, the rest of the game, they just took control. So, like, I don't know who to pick. That game is going to be a close one and a good one to watch, no cap. Mm. So, uh, when it comes down to it, I'm picking the Saints. Because 
Drew Brees has been there before. They're a more experienced team. They're at home as well, and they're on a hot streak. And I just like, yeah, like I said, they got that experience, so they know how to how to win the game. So uh, score for that, I feel it's going to be a high scoring game. So I'm gonna say 35-42 Saints. All right, well. I lied. 37-35 Saints. Last second field goal. All right, there you go. Those are Rich's take. We'll, uh, when's that? Next week or is that in two weeks? That's next week. After that, um, it's going. The Super Bowl is going to be in two weeks. Bet so on the next podcast. We'll come back and check if his predictions were correct. All right, and now let's get back to uh, the music oh. side of this podcast. You know what this podcast was founded on. Um, let's talk about shit that was going on. So let's start off with Lil Uzi. So, Lil Uzi, in the beginning, or I think in the beginning of the weekend, announced that he was quitting music, or he wasn't going to put anything out anymore, and I think that had to do something with uh, his label. He was supposed to be releasing his album, I think it was called Eternal A Take, at Mm -hmm. some point in 2018, but it never came out. Uh, Reasons were never released onto why it didn't come out, so now if Uzi... It sounds like Uzi's having a fit with his label, so it could be with the release of his album, so we don't know what's going on. Hopefully, we're going to get news on that in the future. But how do you feel about Uzi potentially quitting uh, music? Well, there's more to the story. Did you um, did you see what happened like earlier earlier today, I think? No. <clears throat> so, I've been busy all day. So, uh, he posted a video, and uh, it was him talking about like how his basically his label won't let him release the music he wants to release. Like, he released New Patek, and that did very well. But, like, they want to see more, and, like, because of that, they won't let him release his album. And so, like, he feels like he did, he put himself in that position. He's like, yo, they set me up to fail, like, the motherfuckers and shit like that. Like, I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing and all that, but... Yeah, so, like, I don't think he wants to retire. I think he was just... Or quit. I think he was just saying that as a reaction to them, like... Not letting him do what he wants to do. Like, all right, fuck it. Like, is it really worth it? But, like, when you think about it, I kind of feel for him. Because I remember a lot of artists being in this position. Yeah. Like, Lil Wayne was in this position with Birdman and shit. You feel me? So, it's just like, ah, it's fucked up. I don't even know how, like, artists get in this position to be in. Like, to begin with, like, how can you not be able to really release your own music? That's weird to me. Like, how do you structure your contract that way? Uh, Not reading your contract. Not sitting down with your lawyer to go over your contract. It's a lot of it's a lot of lawyer shit and business shit. If the communication with a uh, lawyer and artist isn't mm-hmm. prime like that, then there's a lot of space for fuck ups. My thing is though, like we all thought Uzi was that dude, bro. Like a lot of hype around him, but clearly not if his label's not letting him release the music. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with like time and relevancy. Because to think about like, for example. In 2018, the year where there were so many hip-hop releases, that would have been the perfect time for Uzi to slide in one of his releases. You know, one of the biggest mm-hmm. years in hip-hop. Yes, and he that. didn't do that. Uh, reasons being, could have been because of his label, not wanting to release his album. He did put out New Patek. I wasn't, there was a lot of hype around that single, but I wasn't really, like, I wasn't really that hyped for it. And even when it came out, it was like a five-minute song. Which, already, I'm just not used to hearing five-minute songs from Uzi, because, um... He, I I just would he, never expect to hear a five-minute song from Uzi. Yeah, in general, that's not songs. who he is. 
That's not who he is. Like a five minute song. If you're releasing a five minute song, you're releasing like a content, like a story, basically. Mm-hmm. Uzi ain't ain't the type of man to just make stories. You feel me? Yeah. He's the type to give you some, some something you could vibe to, something that's catchy. Yeah. Nice hooks, nice chorus, and then yeah, ride to it, or something like you're not really used to. But I'm not expecting five minutes from Uzi. But uh, yep. yeah. And um, it does sound like that. It is primarily on his label, so I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the album has been done, but the album doesn't live up to his label's expectations. Because his last album, Love Is Rage Two, came off with big success with singles like EXO uh, Tour Life and um, what's that song that he had with uh, Nicki Minaj? The way life goes, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other tracks. Neon guts. Yeah, like me, like personally, I didn't even like Love Is Rage too like that. Only like a couple tracks. The whole album was just a big mess to me in general. Mm-hmm. But if you're an artist like Uzi, who when he dropped EXO Tour Life had one of the best years of his career, or any new artist around that time, to come up with Love Is Rage too, I would be on like high alert for what his next album would sound like too. So if I was a label exec or like a rep. I would probably hold him his album back if I feel like it wasn't his best work. Because that could be what it so is. So you feel like he, he just has to keep going back into the studio and just keep improving on he it? He just got to keep grinding. Because these are what labels do. Labels will shelve your album if they feel like it won't. If it Like, labels will shel- shelve your album if they feel like it won't do well, um, like, mm-hmm. sales-wise and marketing. So I think if that's the case, he either needs to look for a way out of his deal or just come out with better shit. So let me ask you a question. We're, we're going to go off topic real quick. So what's the difference between being signed and being independent? Being independent, well, you can sign to an independent label or right, you can, can you, like... What's an independent label? I don't understand the difference between an independent label. So independent label, difference between like independent and major labels is, um, well, obviously independent labels don't have as um, as much money mm-hmm. to fund the albums like major labels do mm-hmm. so things having to do with uh, touring studio time merch um, just your budget for your entire album like for who you want to collab with and being features or it's not uh, as high like features yeah, yeah so like if you want to max out on all that like if you want the best producers all these features who want this crazy ass tour you're gonna need you get you would need a major label for that because being a new artist and an independent label it's gonna take you years before you get to that place um unless you're a very popular independent artist somebody like chance the rapper who is just low-key just been working in the game is always on tour and for some reason has convince the people that he's collab with to do features for free unless you're somebody like him he's the only person that i think is making serious money off being independent other than that it's very hard to go anywhere independent a lot of people will start off independent and then do joint uh joint deals with other labels Mm -hmm. for example like tde that whole camp used to be independent so kendrick schoolboy j-rock absol they were all independent until Kendrick got signed, he got signed a venture deal, so he assigned to three labels. So he assigned his own independent label, which is Top Dog Entertainment, and that whole label got signed underneath Interscope, which is Kendrick's other label, mm-hmm. and that's his second label. 
And then he also got signed to Dr. Dre's label, Aftermath, which is also underneath Interscope. So those were two major labels and then one independent label. So he gets a lot of his budget and shit from those major labels, but it always it always brings money back to the independent label too. Yeah. So it's like with the independent label They're you also have it, yeah. Yeah, but then with the independent label you also have more control over your music mm-hmm. in terms of like creation, blah 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 because there's less people involved in the project, so that just means everything's more on you. Mm-hmm. And when when there's less people involved in it, that means the more money you get to keep for yourself cuz major labels everything that you make you got to pay to this person this person this person but if you're doing everything independently then there's less people for shit to give therefore you're making more money off of your own shit so they always tell people they like they tell people now don't sign to any major major labels because a lot of labels could fuck you Mm -hmm. financially out there especially if you're young you don't really know what you're doing so they encourage a lot of people to go independent because then everything that you're producing you will make a bunch of that back for yourself wasn't Migos, like, independent for a while, and then they signed to, like, QC? Yeah, and they blew up. Like, major labels... It was like, after they signed to QC they blew up? Well, I think they were... I feel like they were, I feel like, they were like the group that didn't need to sign to a label because they were just doing so well, like, independently. Well, I you think they I mean? were signed to 300 Entertainment. I think this might be a lie. Um, I think they were independent for a while because they dropped tapes like No Label and No Label 2. Fire. Um, Best mixtapes. Yeah, and they were hot, but then again, it wasn't until they, like, really worked on their album deal that they, like, blew up. I remember... Culture. Yeah, Culture, but that wasn't really... That wasn't their first album. They're, like... I remember the album before that, I think it was Young Rich Nation or some shit, and it didn't really have that many fire tracks on it, but it was Culture that really got them up there, and I do think... No, it was Bad and Bougie that got them up there. Yeah, but that was off Culture, you feel me? That was off the first Culture. And I I think that had to do with probably their new label deal that they had with QC um, at the time. Okay. So yeah, major major labels could help because then they send your music out to radios and you mm-hmm. get to play it in clubs and shit like that. That's not happening for independent artists. Major labels are paying these people to play your shit, so it's just a marketing thing. Yeah. Okay. Like SZA, SZA got signed to SZA was part of TDE since. 2012 she signed to RCA um she signed to RCA a while ago but it was it was at the time she got signed to RCA she also dropped Love Galore mm-hmm. and she blew up after that and that was all because she had the push of a big label to support her you feel me same thing with Cardi B her label is working yeah. off the clock for Cardi B yeah. Cardi B's label is working off the clock for her so yeah, major labels can help, but then in other situations, an independent label is better for you. So it's just based on the okay. it's based on the artist's situation at the moment. You feel mm-hmm. me? Yeah, all right. Stages in their career and all that. Too. Exactly. All right, I got it. Exactly. Right. Makes sense. Thank you for breaking that down for us, and the viewers. Yeah, there's um there's obviously much more that goes into all that shit too, but that's pretty much a good basis <laughs> of everything that happens. Quick synopsis we did. Yeah, and then with him having issues. With the uh, news of Lil Uzi potentially quitting hip hop, um, fucking Nav said if Uzi's quitting, he's quitting too. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I was that's never, fine. I was never checking Yo. for Nav. Like I was introduced. Who is Nav? I was introduced to Nav on Birds in the Trap 
from Beebs in the Trap, and I thought that was the most fire hook I've heard in a while. But then everything Nav did after that, I didn't really care for. So if Nav wanted to quit music, to be honest, brother, you weren't really contributing much to the culture. So if you want to, by all means, do what uh, you got to do. Facts. I hope you got another hustle. I really do. But one thing that did upset me was that um, rumors about Ray Shremmer breaking up. Did you hear about to that? To be honest, I didn't even realize it was still together like that. Oh, they, bro, they, they put they an released album the album. I know, I know they released the album, but like other than that album, I haven't heard shit from either of them. Well, from, they've been chilling. From Ray. Ray Shremmer, like the group, but like I've heard shit from Sway. Yeah, because people Sway always hit Sway up for features because he's like all melodic and shit. But Ray Shremmer still go hard as a I team. really, but it's not really surprising that like they're breaking up or that they're rumored to be. Is it a rumor? Like, do you know the, yeah. what's the story? What's the story, first of all? I think somebody, I, I think like Slim Jimmy tweeted a bunch of stuff um, alluding to the fact that Ray Sherman might be breaking up, like saying, oh, y'all don't need me, you guys have Sway and like other Bro, shit like that. Yeah, I'm not surprised he said that because Sway's the only dude getting features, like he, that's jealousy. Like that's uh, he's yeah, but he's they're jealous. brothers. They're brothers. That's what I'm saying. Like, but bro, this is after together. a while, though. But like, you see him. He when did, when's the last time you heard Slim Jimmy in a feature? I I, you, I you, don't. You don't at all. I know songs it's gonna he's it's gonna on, come. But. It's gonna it's gonna hurt you though. Like even if that's your brother, it's just like damn. We're in the same rap group. It's still making money off your brother though. It's not the same. I want to be noticed too. I hear you, but it's like it's like. It's like all of Migos' things. You got to look at it. His, I'm looking at it from his perspective. I hear what he's coming from. I wouldn't end it personally. I just work on my craft so I could just exactly. be as good as my, my brother. Craft, but like, like, if Slim, you got to because you got to admit, if Slim Jimmy, like, like if Ray Shremmer broke up, Slim Jimmy is going to go on the decline really quick. Oh, he right? Um, what's it called? Sway's going to do his thing. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he'll he'll make money off features. I don't know how he, he always got the hooks. Just Sway Lee would be like, even he don't need to, that, he don't need to make albums. We got the solo albums. With he just need to make singles, bro. Unforgettable. What you know how much money he probably made off that? Oh, facts. What? But it's still hard. When he could you're be a doing solo that. Artist, you feel me? I'm just saying his choruses and hooks are melodic, melodic. So. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. I hope they don't break up because they've given me a bunch of hits. I wouldn't blame time them. and time. Um, everybody, everybody here knows when Swaying came out, and I was obsessed with Swaying for maybe a year and a half. I still play it every now and then, and I still hit my same spot at the. You know, everybody knows my spot, but yeah, I always love the both of them. Obviously, Sway Lee gives me the melodies and shit, but Slim Jimmy be giving me some bars time to time. Like you don't expect it, but he'll he'll hit you with the bars. They just have a great dynamic that works for the both of them. So I hope that they don't break up. If they do, sorry, Slim Jimmy, you're going to go on the decline quick. But I know Sway Lee is going to find some way to keep his shine going. You feel me? I, I still feel for my man, and I understand his situation completely. Don't do it, though. I should get him on the podcast. Talk about it. Which one? This one. Slim. Slim? You should get him on the podcast. Slim Jimmy is also funny as fuck, so I feel like if you did get him on the podcast, that'd be lit. Do a little phone call interview, you know, FaceTime it. Yo, wait <laughs> on it. I'm going I'm to try to make this happen on dogs. Do it, fam. I really want. Well, I'm going to email him. Do his contact. you put your mind to Oh, you, I'm already envisioning it. And if you can envision it, it can happen. Facts. That's all I'm saying. Facts, facts, facts. And we got the studio next week, so I think, right? Yeah, I don't know. All right, in two weeks. We got the studio in two weeks. I got to talk to them, dudes. Um, all right, so we talked about in the beginning about um, 
just coming back from Atlanta uh, for the whole Dreamville rollout. Do you know, like, much about everything that was going on? I know that J. Cole was sending, like, wanted artists to come out to the stool and, like, collab with him and just, like, the brand itself. I don't know, like, if you had to, like, have, like, specific qualifications to be to, like, be a certain type of artist or, like, it was open to anyone, but, like, I, that's as far as, like, my, my knowledge goes into it, so, honestly, yeah, yeah, that's all I know. All right, so, um, I can give you a breakdown of what happened. So, um, the Dreamville camp has this series of compilation albums called Revenge of the Dreamers. Yeah. Um, normally where all of their primary artists come out to showcase their talents and they all collab on songs and everything's great. Alright, first two Revenge of the Dreamers albums had some dope tracks on all of them. Now with this third one, they're bringing some outside help and they're collabing with people from other camps to make this very dope album. So the primary artists on the Dreamville roster are, of course, J. Cole. Then we got Boz, Kaz, um, J.I.D., Earth Gang, Ari Lennox, uh, Omen, and... I might have said all of them. Um, that's the prime camp right there. Mm-hmm. And then other people that they'd have invited to their recording sessions. It said on the flyer that they were recording from Atlanta. January 6th to the 16th um, over at Atlanta. And for people that listen to J. Cole, they would have noticed that 2018 was a big year for J. Cole just because of all the features that he was doing on top of dropping his own album. And then on the, at the end of his album, announcing that he was already working on his next project, which was supposed to be called The Fall Off. Don't know if he's going to change the title of it, but right now it's called The Fall Off. Um, so a lot of people think were thinking that in those recording sessions, a lot of the songs there were going to be for the Dreamville project, but then some of the songs were going to be for other projects as well. So people think that some of the songs that were made in those sessions were going to be on J. Cole's next project, or shit could happen with, like, J.I.D., Boz, and, like, the rest of Dreamville and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So out of the people that were invited, uh, I saw Black was invited there. We saw Ross there. One of my favorite... We saw Reasons there. Okay. One of my favorite to see there was Cousin Stiz. Stiz was there? He got invited out there. Hey, when I saw so that... So it was invite only. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that, yo... <laughs> I made me so proud for this kid. Bro. He's been working. <laughs> yeah, but to be noticed by people... I don't know if it was J. Cole personally or somebody else in that camp, but to get invited to collab with all these artists... And you've only been signed for maybe almost two years. I think that's great. I st- I stopped paying attention to everybody else that was like um, invited because just seeing cousin Stiz's name made me so happy for him. Other people, I saw Schoolboy Q was invited out there. I believe Anderson Park and um, a bunch of other people. Ski Mask was out there. A lot of people. That that I was not expecting that. Well, there was like a news. Mask? Really? There was a news article that was saying over seventy-five artists were oh, okay. invited out there, and it was over the course of ten days. 
Oh, okay. So yeah. that's like a lot of time yeah. for people to slip in and out of the studio. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to expect. Because the way Cole's been bodying features, he's working with other producers. Take Keith was at one of those um, recording sessions. And I'm just thinking of if I hear Cole and on a Take Keith beat, I don't know if I don't know if my body's ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if my mind's ready for that. So I'm just very interested to see where this was going to go. Honestly, that sounds really intriguing with all those artists and the potential for like music we've never heard before, like the different type of music. we, The potential is there, Facts. is all I'm saying. And I'm here for all of it, and I can't wait to experience all of that. Like, is there a set date for like when they're releasing anything or snippets? Or like, they have like a YouTube series about like going on, like what they're doing. Is there any way we can get more information about what is going on? <laughs> Is, is my question really. I think they're keeping everything under wraps right now they should do a vlog I mean you're working on you're working on your album so obviously I wouldn't share too much details out there I think with the the way they were setting it up with the pictures of artists in the studio that was their way of promoting it uh, so how, hopefully whatever the final product does is um, it's a great reflection of whatever the hype surrounding the album was supposed to be like you feel me mm-hmm Okay, yeah. I hear it, I hear it. Yeah, so I'm very looking forward to look out for that album. Did yeah, Did J. Cole ever um, say when he's releasing the follow-up? I don't know. Okay. I, hopefully he's still working on it. I don't know if he's still working on it, but the fact that if you were going to announce it on your album, I feel like now you have to come out with it. Yeah, the next so, year, if anything. Yeah, so I'll see what happens with that. Still waiting on you, Rick Ross, though. Facts. And now we're getting a future album at the end of the week. Um, it's this week? I thought it was the 28th. Nah, it's the 18th. He, so he moved it up on. then. Nah, I've known it was the 18th for a while. Bro, I swear it was the 28th. I don't know. And if it was the 28th, the 28th is a Monday. I might be dyslexic. I'm Maybe. sorry. Maybe. It's okay. We're, we're in college. It's all right. Hey, the, that makes it okay? Yeah, because you're getting help. You're out of value. <laughs> I'm people. getting that help. Gives your resources. I shouldn't you need help to read numbers. But, like, you know what? Hey, I, a lot of people do. And it's A-okay. You feel me? Nah, not for me. I have I held myself to high standards. Heard Haitian expectations. Heard. <laughs> you already know I'm valedictorian over here. But yeah, Future's coming out with an album at the end of the week. Um, his last project, I believe, was Beast Mode Two or the collab project he dropped at Juice World. This is World the Wizard, right? Yeah, his album is called The Wizard. Uh, the first two tracks that he put out for was Crushed Up and Jumping Out of a Jet. Jumping out of jet, whatever. When they came out, I thought they, I thought they were like regular future songs. I, I didn't see the extra yeah. hype and the crazy production. They just sounded like normal future songs to me. So for, I don't know if I'm really it, hyped for this album. It got me worried about the album when I heard "Crushed Up" and "Jumping on a Jet" and all that. Especially "Jumping on a Jet" because I was just like, I didn't hear that yet. Really? Is it better than "Crushed Up"? Um, they're two completely different types of songs. They they both sounded like like hype. Tracks. Crushed up isn't a hype track. Uh, 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 that's a banging. Jumping on a jet is more of a hype track than crushed up. I'll say that. Okay. It's very noticeable. It has like higher bass, uh, just louder music. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they're just not like out there. They're not like standout songs to me when mm-hmm. it comes to future. Like I know a standout future song when I hear it. And that's not it. Okay. It's so it's, I feel like it's just gonna be like another beast mode too. Have you heard any of the interviews that he was doing for the album? Uh, no, I have Actually, didn't he on, which, what was he on? He was on a couple. Oh, Complex? 
Smack. Nah, I forget. I forget which one. I was watching something on YouTube with him last week. They were doing an interview with him and everything, but I forget which one it was. How do you feel about him saying that Baby and Gunner are the new goats? Oh, I did not hear that, but whoa. He was saying that. Whoa. What? Because he said that he already did what he had to do. Thug already did what he had to do. First of all, Thug Thug had a good, like, two-year run. Yeah, but, like, in general, in terms of, like, that era, he said Future had his time. Thug had his time. He was like, and one of the uh, interviewers asked him, who are the goats of Trap right now? And he said, right now? Gunna and Baby. Okay, right now. Okay. Um, That's subjective. That's a subjective statement right there because that's the future who he thinks. To me, I don't think that the goats of trap. Of this new generation, yeah. This new generation. All right, all right. This new generation. I mean, I guess you could say that then because especially Gunna, like Gunna's up there. I really can't think of another person, especially from Atlanta like that too, down south. That's just producing as fire music as he is. Lil Baby is his closest competitor. Uh, I'm trying to think of one off the spot. Sheesh. Yeah, I can't think of another one, so I guess Future got that. That had a successful year like that? I don't know. Because like, you probably, you'd probably put Migos in the same era as Future and Thugger, right? Because Migos I feel like Mew... Nah, I feel like Future and Thugger were way more popular... Because Migos wasn't... All right, so Thug was popular our freshman year, 2015. Freshman year what? College. Going into college, you know what I mean? That summer when he released... Um, what was it? With Power, uh, Big Racks, Slime Season. Okay. When he released Slime Season, that's when I was like, yo. 2015? Yeah, 2015. Okay. Yeah, that's when Thug was at his peak. Um, Migos, I feel like, was at their peak like last year or two years ago, if, if anything. Peak, but yeah, they were still around. You feel me? Like Migos been out since. Let me look it up on my phone, right? Migos has been around since I was a freshman in high school, bro. Yeah, twenty thirteen. You feel before me? Before that, but yeah, yeah. So that's why I was saying Migos probably had. They got there. I don't know when they were given their like goat stamp. If they were ever given their goat stamp, Hannah Montana, Versace. Yeah, but Songs like back those. in 2013. Yeah. So they came out before Future and Thug. So they probably had their run already. Now Future's been around for a while, though. Future's been around. How long has Future been around for? Uh, what would you say was his uh, was his most... Tony Montana, would you say that oh, was yeah. his first track? That's the one that blew up. Yeah, that track came out in 2011. Oh. So Future and Migos around the same time Thug came after that. So I guess I can understand if they're talking about trap. I don't really know that many trap artists. Like, yeah, like as popular as Gunna and Baby. Gucci. Like the only ones that, way back. That's so what I'm saying. Call him. So I guess he got that with his new. Um, but there's really show. not much competition when you think about it. True. That was a that was a open that was a dumb question. Who's the go to trap? He should have been like, who's the go to the new generation that's coming up right now? Well, he was like, just answering questions at the interview. I, mean, I, I hear it, I hear it, but the interview asked a dumbass question. Yo, Future needs to come on our show. <laughs> I'm just saying, he'd probably be. Oh, uh, and also, what do you think about him saying that? Uh, how he quit drinking lean, but he didn't tell anybody. Um, that's good actually. Why? Why tell anyone? Like, just do it. Do you think he didn't tell anybody because it would change how people perceived his music? No. 
Actually, yes, I can see. I can see that because I know. I, imagine somebody I rapping mean, like about coding to me, and I'm like, "Fam, you sober as hell." You feel me? You think it would like? But that doesn't it? take away from the fact that he's had experiences dealing with it and everything. Maybe you're not making it under the like, unless like the the quality of music drops. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really care or notice. Do you think that's? Do you think the quality of music dropped because he stopped? No, I said unless no, the quality. That's my question. Because ah. we're saying we're kind of scared for this future shit. You think it's because he's sober? Because we always say how artists like, like sad to say how they made some of their bo- best shit fucked up off of something. Like nah, schoolboy. Like school Nah, cause like this album with this album, he might be trying to do something he's never done before, and he just might not be good at it. Yeah. I gotta like see like what's his concept for the album, like hear the story behind it, like what you know what I mean. I'm here, but that's something worth talking about because I, um, I know what you mean. I remember when Schoolboy uh, had his lean addiction, and he was giving us great music, and then when the he weekend went completely too? sober, yeah. yeah, when artists go completely sober, their music just changes, and we notice it as fans. That is that is a real thing. It is a real thing, in my opinion. So I'm over here thinking that, um, like, uh, I'm not, I don't know how to feel about his album. Many people were kind of iffy on Beast Mode 2. So if he did stop drinking lean, which is a great thing, but do you, like, think maybe it, kind of, maybe it did change his music? Because it, it definitely people, does. It definitely does, because you're not in the same state of mind when yeah, you're like, creating the music. Yeah, this image of himself. And he has this persona that he carries that everybody just like knows him for. So it's like it's like when you lose your spark, you feel me? Yeah. It's like, damn, how do I how can I still make this dope music that impacts the culture completely solely, but you feel me? Future is that dude though where he 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 can do that. He has such a great influence that I feel like he doesn't need to lean. Like he'll be able to figure it out with you know, just being sober and all that. Hopefully he's sober and not doing anything else, but Facts. I, I remember on my way to New York, um, I was talking to Jay because I was listening. We were listening to Juice World's album, mm-hmm. uh, like on the way there, and his album and Juice World's album, uh, "Goodbye and Good Riddance," very dope album. If nobody has listened to it yet, um, it's very drug heavy. Like a lot of lyrics, like talk about like drugs and other shit, like and like suicidal shit. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Jay, and I was like, "Yo, bro, like." do you really think Juice does all these drugs that he's talking about? And he was like, yeah, I believe he did all of that because um, most of his music is based on that. So he's literally just rapping and singing about his life and he's doing all of that. So it's the best way he can um, express himself. So So I was like, you think if he's completely sober, his music would just change? I was like, well, he'd have to find something different to talk about. Exactly. And I'd be like, damn. So Probably wouldn't get music. as much music as, as often as we do, you know what I mean? Facts, so it's like consistent, but it's like consistently hurting the artist at the same time. Sure. That is, yeah, that is, that, that's deep. Yeah, so it's like we say, we, we always say that we hope somebody breaks somebody's heart so they can give us some fire albums. Uh, yeah, I'd be bad. saying that about The weekend all the time. Like, yo, I Facts. need someone to fuck this man up, I'm sorry, because I, I need some crazy music. But uh, did you hear what a future said about like him choosing like his lifestyle over love? Uh, elaborate. <clears throat> he basically um. So all right. So what he essentially said was, I'm paraphrasing, that uh, with love, he can never win because in the eye of the people, if he dates someone lesser than lesser than him, 
It's going to bring unwanted attention to that person. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're not going to want to be in the spotlight. And it, But then again, if he dates someone of, like, up to his status and everything, there's even more people. There, There's more rumors. People talking about him. He's people. He just doesn't like the attention, is all I'm saying, or all he was saying. And then, um, yeah, he's just free to do whatever he wants. So he doesn't have to worry about hurting anyone or, you know. Caring about anyone because he's just free. I was just like, all right, I hear your future, but you got like my kids, bro. It's time for you to settle down. I mean, I also something. hear that, but um, like, I feel like there comes a point in time, like where it's just like, all right, that lifestyle, it's it's over with. Like, when when do you have enough? Like, I hear you, but the thing with somebody in his lifestyle, it's like when you bring other people into that. If they're not ready to accept uh, your lifestyle for what it is, Bro, then Gucci it can be hard. Settled you down. Yeah, but Gucci was different. Gucci settled down while, like, before he was even in jail or while he was in jail. Like his shorty was a rider. Yeah. yeah, his shorty was just a rider. So if anything, that wasn't even Gucci's doing. That was completely his shorty. That was like, what's her name, Keisha or something like yeah. that. That's, that's her doing for choosing to stay with him Facts for that everything. Long, you yeah. feel me? That wasn't a product of Gucci. That was a product of her. Um, and like, and that's cool when you have somebody accept your lifestyle. So Miss <laughs> Mrs. Roderick Davis um, accepted <laughs> accepted Gucci's lifestyle. Accepted she got rewarded with the ring. And they were able to move past it. Future, he's not ready to um, commit. Because commit. also when you think about like a relationship and shit like that, you can't expect somebody you can't depend you can't expect somebody to depend on you if you can't depend on anybody you feel me Mm -hmm. so I would get that like I don't want to bring anybody else into this lifestyle because they're not ready to accept this lifestyle I don't think anybody is ready for this lifestyle so I understand why he'd be like that I I personally understand I hear it I'm just saying like future into that age where it's just like he's gonna get tired of this there's only so much more you can do and then we're going to see up oh, future engaged to long time girlfriend. Blah, blah, long time blah. girlfriend? Hey, quotation marks. <laughs> he's he going to marry it's one of his baby mamas. He's going to be one yeah. of his long time baby mamas. Facts. Yo. The mac and cheese that just kept stirring for years. <laughs> but, hey, it'd be like that. Facts. Um, but yeah, hopefully this album's good. Uh, I've been looking for it. Not really looking forward to it, but I'll I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, just because it's future in the name itself. But. Facts, and I think the only features he had, well, are announced for the album so far. One track was going to feature Gunna and Dugga, and another track is going to feature Travis Scott. So I'm excited for the Travis Scott right, feature. Ta- song. Yeah, those tracks I'm excited for. And too. Future Thugga and Gunna is going to be a track I'm definitely looking out for too. You feel me? Future Thug go hard. Facts. And Gunna is Thug's artist, so that's going to go hard, too. Thug probably making mad money off Gunna. Gun, uh, young Thug? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's probably why he's chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Thug is, <laughs> <laughs> Thug is making money off Gunna right, right now. Fucking. Imagine signing. Oh, imagine if they were able to sign both of them. Lil Baby and Gunna on the same label. Yeah, well, Bruh. fucking QC's making bank off everybody. Right? Migos. QC's making bank off Migos, Baby, and Yachty. Jeez. And Cardi, technically, since... Then since uh, they manage Cardi, so QC's been making money all last all year. So shout out to them, fucking 
little babies in college making money off Juice World. Oh. Everything's great. <laughs> Everything's Gosh. great in hip hop right now. Look back and just stack your bread, I guess. But you, you know where it's not great? China. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this part of the this part of the podcast is when we uh, answer questions given to us by our listeners. So we're just gonna go through some fan mail real quick. Even though I hate calling y'all fans, I love calling y'all listeners. But it's yeah, some fan mails. So yeah, go ahead. So the question essentially was like, uh, can can you guys talk about what's going on in China with Muslims and everything? And I, when I got this question, I was uh. I was a little bit informed, but I did a little bit more research to just be able to answer it on the podcast for the viewers and everything. Shit, I found out five minutes before we recorded. Shit's wild. <laughs> so, um, essentially, <laughs> what's, what's, the politics, what's going on in um, Western China in this city called Changjiang? Uh, so, sorry if we butcher any pronunciations, by the way. Yeah, no disrespect. But um, so yeah, what's going on is that that the city government officials and everything they are locking up the. Muslim inhabitants from like age 20 to 79 if you like openly practice your religion and, and if you're Muslim well only if you act, actually pres- like uh, what's it called practice your little religion of Islam they lock them up in the, these detention centers and they've been doing that for uh, a couple of years now since like 20, 2014 actually and it's just getting really like it's getting a lot of press coverage now because like the detention centers are actually like being turned into concentration camps really and like, um, so some of the Muslims are being uh, abused, hit, whipped. They're being forced to work in these factories where they're making clothes, being paid like dirt cheap, ninety five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Also, um, yeah, their families are being separated. There's a lot of things going on, and all this is happening in China and in the twenty first century too. And it's just like, yo. We've already seen this happen before, and this could become way worse than what it really is right now. You know what I mean? This could become wide, widespread in China. So I'm just saying, like, why isn't there anything going on about this? Like, I'll read you guys a quote from someone who was able to, like, escape one of the camps. <clears throat> his his name was Omir. All right. So, um, all right. They wouldn't let me sleep. They would hang me up for hours and would beat me. They had a thick Wooden and rubber batons, whips made from twisted wire, needles to pierce the skin, pliers for pulling out the nails. All these tools were displayed on the table in front of me, ready to use at any time. And I could hear other people screaming as well. So that's just that's what happened in 2015. And he said, I can only imagine what is go- what's going on now in 2019. So that's really what's going on in China with Muslims right now. Oh, and they're basically trying to reform them. And by reform, I mean re-educate. So they're basically trying to have them denounce their their religion, um, because co- like China is a communist state, and they believe like they're creating a greater new China with communism. So like they're trying to brainwash or re-educate, as they say. I put quotes around that heavily. Yep. But like yeah, re-educate the Muslims into believing that their ideology is the way to go, and um, yeah, that's. That's the breakdown. Do you have any like thoughts on it? Like just after hearing any of that, like what's your opinion about hearing that? Well, it's crazy um, to think about because like mad shit goes on in the world, and we don't know half of like anything that's going on. But when we Mm -hmm. do find out about it, I always feel like people are like, "Oh, that's fucked up. Let's do something to help." 
but then nobody like does anything or else or we forget about it or the news gets overturned by another sad story um something like that i do believe needs to get um be brought up by mm-hmm. if possible i don't know if the united nations would have a key on that or if that's just something strictly within that country but i feel like i don't know what their laws are so i feel like if so- somebody would need to step in somebody of a higher power would definitely need to step in and do something about it or um they should start to seek refuge um, in other places. And if other places know that this is going on, I feel like they should uh, like guarantee uh, like refugee. Like I don't know some programs that would allow refugees to come. Across the thing the is, the thing is me. that like the United Nations has already like placed sanctions on them and shit. Like they've tr- they've basically told China to stop what they're doing. Like the United States, like countries in Europe have told China to stop what they're doing and China just says fuck it we're just gonna keep doing it like not telling anyone about it so you build like secret facilities like the detention centers have like guard posts it's like it's dead ass like a prison bro like there's wire there's a walls like barbed wire on top of the walls like you're not leaving that place like, there's a giant parking lot for like the employees like it's crazy it's dead ass like a prison Facts. History always finds a way to repeat itself in some shape or form. Um, what I think about that is that the people that do manage to get out some way are gonna find um, are gonna find a means to seek refuge. And I just think neighboring countries or places should probably look at their immigration laws closely just to um, accept people at a matter of time like this. Because back in the day. Like, nah. I, no, I don't know, hold up, but, like, oh. back in the day, like, back in America, when, uh, Ferris Island, when mad people would come seeking refuge, and they'd come to the Statue of Liberty and do immigration that way, mad people would come seeking refugee from other countries like that, and that's what our, our country is founded upon. Um, of course, laws are different now, but if, if everyone is really trying to help each other out, then they could do something like this. You feel me? Mm-hmm. That's that's me personally. I know everybody has strong opinions on like mm-hmm. immigration and shit like that. I personally believe that there's room for everybody. Yeah, me. And if there is a problem, we just find a way to deal with it, like we've been doing since we've been on this earth. You feel me? To me, this has we have a butternut squash. Nothing to do with so, like this has yeah. nothing to do with like. Um, Immigration and has everything to do with just like someone in the someone in the fucking world stepping up and like doing something about it. I just because I feel like China, China China's a superpower, bro. So like I hit, but I just think because change isn't gonna happen over time. You feel me? And how am I gonna be somewhere? Bro, that's those like are that? human rights violations. Like those are legit. Like. We've already seen what happens when you don't do something about I'm it. That's my point. I'm just like, it's a slippery slope between facts, facts, facts. between intervening and then just like letting it ride out. Because like, how would how would you feel? If would you would you being in that situation? I'd hope there, someone would intervene. Would you be there? Would you in that situation stay there trying to fight it, hoping to intervene it for everybody? What if I can't afford to move? Or if you had the opportunity would you leave, seek shelter, 
and come back when everything was safer. But not many people have that opportunity. No, that's a very especially to come back. But I'm asking if you have the opportunity. If I had the opportunity, I would take that 100. percent But that mm-hmm. that's not a realistic opportunity. Oh, is yeah, what of I'm course. saying. Of course. So it's just people like we got to take every day to do that. Exactly. So I'm just saying, like, what should really happen realistically is just like someone, sh- some country, preferably the United States, because we're the strongest country in the world. But do, do something wanna, about it. Do you want to know why it's unrealistic? Because that start a war, some shit. No, 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 no. I'm like, do you want to know why it's unrealistic for people to leave? Because we don't we, have the money. Because we make it hard for people to leave. Well, you you gotta understand the rules. There has to be rules about that shit. Because I'm hip. Like I said, it's a slippery slope. I'm hip. Yeah. So, I understand it. I understand why the rules are the way they are. So I'm just like, all right. We shouldn't have to fix the rules, especially for cases like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this shouldn't even be happening. Like, we shouldn't be having to, like, talk about, like, maybe, like, we should, like, loosen up our immigration rules so people can be get out of the situation they're in right now. People shouldn't even be in this situation. You no, know that's what I mean? a fact. Like, that's all I'm saying. So it's just like, all right, something needs to happen where this is just stopped. Facts. Because if of it's not history, stopped, it's just going to keep going. A lot of things in history shouldn't have happened. That's so why I don't like talking about politics. A lot of things in history shouldn't have happened, but they found somebody found some way to go around the rules to make it happen. And the best thing everyone's been doing since shit like this has been going on is leaving. Over the years, we've made it hard for people to leave and seek refuge. I personally, it's just like like me, fucking things like slavery, mm-hmm. underground railroad, things like uh, potato famine travel over here holocaust people leaving all these things just have to do with people wanting to seek refuge and even though i'm saying yes it's hard for all of these things to happen if it just wasn't so hard to happen i feel like much more people would have a chance i get it money is an issue it is an issue because we made it an issue um yeah rules are placed shit sucks now but like change doesn't happen overnight so of course all these people are in my prayers. I wish everybody, um, I wish everybody for the best, and hopefully they find a way out of the situation that they're currently in. But like I said, if we don't talk to the people that do control our government, then like I said, this is just going to be something that happens again and again and again. Maybe not in the shape of this, but in the shape of something else that is similar to this. You feel me? Facts. Okay. <laughs> Word. Um, another question that one of our listeners asked was, how do we overcome our insecurities? You want to go first? I can go first. I got to think about that. All right, I'll go first. So, um, how do I overcome my insecurities? I actually learned how to solve this problem, I'd say freshman year. Yeah, freshman year of college. And, um... I was I would say this like freshman year in college I was pretty insecure because I was skinny as shit like I don't know I just was skinny as fuck like yeah I was just skinny as shit didn't like the way I looked and only way like I got over that was just by embracing it that's the only way I feel like you can get over your insecurities is just by embracing it like trying to improve upon yourself or just accepting what it is especially if you can't fix it or do anything about it like all right this is who I am I like who I am. I'm happy. I'm happy this way. Like, it makes me happy. Like, all right, there's nothing wrong with me. I, yeah. You know what I mean? There's nothing really wrong with me. It's just, this is who I am. But if you're not like, if you're not like me in that way, 
and you're not going to embrace it, you can try to improve upon it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, take that that example. So I was skinny. Like, I, I, I embraced it, and I improved upon it. So I started hitting the gym. I was like, all right, word. I'm starting to like the way I look even more now. So it's like, all right, bet. Just keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm just going to keep liking the results even more. So it's just all about, like, improving and accepting of who you are. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Or, like, another thing is reassurance, especially when it comes to insecurities. Like, having people reassure you that it's not an insecurity, that you shouldn't be insecure about that specific thing. Like, saying, like, someone telling you you're ugly as hell. And then people are reassuring you, like, no, you're not ugly. Like, you're, you're handsome. Like, I guarantee you, like, all right, so a, a boyfriend and his girl, like, say his girl's, like, real insecure. She's not confident in her looks. If a boyfriend is telling her every single day, 500 times a day, you're gorgeous. You're be- She's going to believe that shit. You know what I mean? I'm a living example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 my that's my take on it. So, yeah. Uh, with me, how do I choose to... So, for my insecurities, I'm very nonchalant, so I always feel like things I should care about, I kind of don't care about, um, but obviously, when things get a little too personal that I start looking at them closer, then I start paying attention. So, one of my biggest insecurities is probably my weight. Um, that might be one of my only insecurities because my weight falls on upon another things and I know I can work on it and I remember in the past I did try to work on it but then at some point in my life I like just like looked at me looked around at the life that I was living and I was like you know what I'm not really doing that bad um of course certain things come with and there's like pros and cons of being somebody that looks like me and I think I've just learned to accept me for what I am, everything that I'm able to do, because it's not like I'm holding myself back. You feel me? It's just mm-hmm. like it's just like an appearance aspect. I'm physically healthy. I can do pretty much anything. I can do anything that you could do, Rich, like your size. Maybe mm-hmm. you might be able to do it quicker than me or like maybe um, other shit like that. But regardless... Like, we can do do the the same same thing. You you feel me? Everything is just more of an appearance and, like, how you you appeal to society's expectations. And at some point, I just said, yo, bro, like, fuck fuck society. I like how my clothes look on me. I enjoy the food I'm eating. (laughs) Um, When I play sports, I have a fun time playing sports. Shit isn't that serious. And everybody around me has been loving me since the beginning of time. And hasn't asked me to change a one to change one thing. You feel me? If I was on the brink of, oh my goodness, like I'm about to die, then yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, you see me in the gym twenty four seven. You feel me? But I just come to a place where I'm comfortable, and this is what people also don't understand. Real, real quick, can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. You just saw uh, said something. Yeah, wait. just intrigued me. You said like no one has asked you anything. What if someone asked you? Wait. Well, yeah. That I said like, no. I said no one's asked me to. Oh, to change. Yeah. What if someone asked you to change? If somebody asked me to change, then obviously they're not willing to accept me for who I am. 
So they're obviously not with me, not for me. Okay. If you're down, okay. if you ask somebody to change, that means there's something about them that you don't like, or there's something that you want them to change, so they appear. Not. Nah, I don't know how to say. It. I feel like if somebody asked me to change, they want me to change something about myself, so I become similar to somebody else. Okay. You feel me? Because if you're if you're looking for something that I don't have, mm-hmm. somebody else has it, but you want it to be me. Okay, I'm, you feel right. me? Somebody right. else has That's it. Interesting take on it. And it's like it's like oh damn, I want to run into that, but then damn, Devin, like it's you. If you could just have just this one thing, then everything would be lit. God doesn't make everybody perfect. You feel me? Okay, All right. I might not be the perfect human. I have a lot of good qualities about me. But, like, because nobody's perfect, there's going to be one imperfection with me. I might have a lot of imperfections. One of them happens to be my weight. There's a lot of other things that are dope about me. And mm-hmm. when people can see that, then I'm able to form the relationships I can form, the friendships I form, women I've encountered, all the homies, all that shit. You feel me? When they're able to look past that and to see everything else that is good about me as me as a person, then everything's dope. And that's another thing I was going to say about insecurities is when you become comfortable because when you become comfortable with yourself that is when you become your most confident facts alright I remember before when my weight insecurity was a big thing I wasn't really I wasn't really confident in myself I wasn't talking nice to shorties or anything like that I wasn't I wasn't um proudly talking about myself to people I was just chill, quiet, did what I had to do. If somebody talked to me, then it was lit. See, that's another thing. If somebody talked to me, I wouldn't be the first person to say something or like say hello, start the conversation. I would always wait for the conversation to be brought to me. That was before I got comfortable, you feel me? Mm-hmm. When I became comfortable with who I was as a person, how I looked, how I was raised, how I talked, everything kind of just fell like dominoes into fruition. Where now I'm a person who's completely comfortable in their own skin. You can ask everybody in this house, even though I'm insecure about my weight. If you see me walking around shirtless, bro, hey, you might see some fat. You might not see some. Whatever it is, I'm completely comfortable with who I am. If there's a guest here, I'll wave and walk to my room. It's as simple as that. Once you become comfortable in yourself, other people will start to respect you for you because of how you carry yourself. It's like the thing where once you become comfortable with yourself, you'll stop looking down and you'll look up more when you're speaking or you're walking. And when people notice that change about you, they the respect comes with it. So I think when you find a way to deal with your insecurities and realize that the, when you realize the whole world isn't out to get you, you're going to find ways to enjoy your life much more. And you're going to try to do all these things you wouldn't even think you'd be able to do because you thought your insecurity limited you. You feel me? Boom. So, yeah. That's a DD right there. Facts. A Devin Dime. Facts, 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 facts. Yo, man just dropped dimes on your damn head. Oh, my God. The knowledge this man just spit for y'all. I hope y'all were taking notes. If not, rewind that and listen again. Hey, bro. And pull out your pen and notepad because that was beautiful. I tell people me- mental health is a very important thing to me, bro. Yo, no bullshit. That's one of those things. That was a soliloquy. I like that. All right. And then another question, uh, or pretty much the last question, that our listeners had were, somebody wanted to know 
about things we wish we knew up until this point? Uh, that's a really complicated question because I'm trying to remember like everything I know right now. When did I like? When did I learn that? So um, like how young are we talking? Or actually, yo, I don't know. Damn, what do I wish I knew? You want to go? I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I wish I knew completely what I was getting myself into. Oh, with college. College. Yeah, that's the biggest one. Yeah, because let me give let me give everyone a background. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. I wish I knew how. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me give everyone my background. So yeah, with college. Um, my junior year of high school, I didn't do that hot. And the way college was um, described to me and explained to me, every college was looking at every year of your high school career, but they said they focused more on your junior year. And my junior year, I fucked up extremely badly. Like, I was doing bad. Um, I was doing poorly in all of my classes. Didn't think I was going to get a lot of acceptances during my senior year. So what I did was... At the end of my junior year, even though I was willing to pass to senior year and graduate then and there, because I didn't think my chances for college acceptances were going to be that high because of how badly I fucked up my junior year, I made the executive decision to repeat my junior year. So I so I talked after discussions with my family and the principals and things like that. I retained junior year on my own, got the grades I needed to do, got the grades I needed to get kicked that year's ass and then kicked senior year's ass and then the college acceptances came flooding in um, by the time of uh, by the time of like January or February of 2015 here's what I wish I knew I wish that I didn't repeat my freshman my junior year because then because you know what the the thing that people want to the stigmas about college that really got you fucked up people always have this negative um connotation on community college first of all community people put so much negative shit on community colleges and it pissed me off because it held back on my growth just because of this misconception i had so if i just graduated high school on time like i normally plan to went to community college for just a year, I only needed to be there for a year. My options right now, in terms of school, would have been entirely different. Like, I'll be honest with you, I think if I took that one year at Bunker or another uh, community college, did what I need to do in terms of classes and then transfer, you'd probably see me at one of my top schools. And I got accepted to one of my top schools, but I just, I couldn't afford it because the financial aid package wasn't there. But if I just did a couple things um, to keep everything going on track, I probably would have been in a much more better situation for myself at a much more better school for myself because when I came into Bridgewater, they didn't even have the program I was looking for. I had to default to another program just because this was my cheapest option and I thought I could find something better off. That, and I also wish somebody told me how fucking hard it is to be a computer science major <laughs> because every, like things great my idea of it or what I plan to do with it is amazing 
but it's the process of getting there is so hard mm-hmm. and it's like also keeping me back on my track because now I don't have any motivation to finish it's it it's gonna be so it's like, gonna be worth it though yeah it's gonna be worth it at the end but it's just like oh my goodness to think you're coming into a major <laughs> bless you wow to think it's you're coming into a program that you don't even plan on taking just because it's the it's the closest thing to what you want mm-hmm. was crazy and I thought that I could just suck it up and do it but now it's being detrimental to me, and it's, like, really making me realize, like, yo, DM me, is this really what you want to do, or do you want to go somewhere different? I'm looking over, I'm looking at it like, damn, I can't ask myself that four years later, mm-hmm. four years of loans and shit like that. It's like, yo, you got to you gotta come up with the times now. So that's why I'm not graduating on time, because it took me a while to get to this point. But like you said, yeah, it's all going to be worth it by the time I do cross that stage, grab that degree. Not even to keep the degree. I'm swinging that shit to my mom, and I'm heading to the fence with everything I want to do, and it's gonna be great. But yeah, those are two things that I really wish I knew up until this point. Oh, and also, yo, like with the whole confidence shit, yo. Sometimes being skinny ain't that popping, bro. <laughs> sometimes being skinny. So sometimes I'm happy that I got I got this little extra baggage on me. It helps for times like this. Cause I, I tell my boys this all the time. Winter season is my season because it's teddy bear season. Sometimes people are mad cold in the house. I'm just over here with my layers, just cooling. Like, oh y'all cold? I'm warm as fuck. So yeah, I wish I knew this. This was the wave all along. <laughs> yeah, how about you. Um, so one thing. Stems from college, but different aspect. Mine is basketball related. I just wish, like, I knew, like, what I was getting myself into when I decided to come here to play basketball. I got um, sidetracked with, like, the the beautiful campus. Well, not really sidetracked because, you know, the priority is school itself. And and I made the right decision school-wise, but I'm talking about, like, you know, what I wanted to do with, like, my basketball career and everything. So, like... I made the, like, the, the system here at Bridgewater just did not fit my strengths very well. And uh, coaching staff not did not really fit my personality as well either. So, like, those two mixes did not, you know, make for a conducive time playing basketball at Bridgewater State. I mean, I, I enjoyed the people and uh, I enjoyed the experiences. I won a championship last year, but, like, I just... Last year? Yeah, that was last year, 2018. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just did not like enjoy it as much as I I feel like I should have if I went to like the the right school basketball wise. Um, another thing I wish I knew. Um, I'd have to say like the importance of saving money. Like I wish I started doing that at an earlier age, especially like when I get money and I had nothing to spend it on, Facts, like no yo. nothing real to actually spend. It. I just blow it just to blow it, like birthday money getting like four hundred, five hundred dollars. I should just save at least half of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just put like half of that away, or like every weekend, or you know, getting an allowance, just saving some of that. It could bring, it could get me a long way. So it's just like all right. You learn you learn how to save through like our bad experiences and just like being in tough spots, not having any money to support yourself and all that. It's just like you never want to be in that predicament again. So I just wish I learned about that. Uh, let me think one more thing. One more thing. She's really hard to think about that because like 
I don't really think about the shit I know until like someone asks me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's just like, all right, bet. Um, one more thing for such a real man such as myself. Oh, I wish I, I wish I knew how like um, how far in life it would get me by being so like blunt and just straight to the point rather than Facts, beating around the brush, like. Cause I've learned over the years. I've learned. I've learned over the years that man had to sit up. He's about to talk his shit. Oh no, nah, no bullshit. Cause like, no, nah, this freshman year was a very, very like experimental year in college. Cause you learned a lot about yourself. Yeah. And in freshman year in college, I'm happy to say I've known Rich since freshman year. Yeah, I'm happy to say freshman that. year I was a confident man, but like I wouldn't really like voice my opinion like that. I'm not. I, w- I wasn't nearly as boisterous as I am. Yeah, now, just meeting everybody. exactly, you know what I mean. Environment, you all that. Exactly, so I was like a little in my shell and everything. But like over the years, you just learn to just like be blunt, straight to the point, because you learn from those past experiences. When you're not, you're just missing out on opportunities, or people aren't going to take you nearly as serious. So, based like learning from those experiences, I'm just like, all right, let me just tell you what it is. Either you fuck with it, or you don't. If you don't fuck with it, I'm moving on. If you're not. We're into something, you know what I mean? Something good could happen. Move on with it. So it's just, and also being comfortable with those decisions. Like, you know what I mean? What happens with those decisions? Like, I'm not one to really stress over anything either. So, I'm nonchalant, like you said. Yeah. But, yeah, I digress. That's, those are the really three things that I wish I knew before, you know, ahead of my time. Mm. Yeah. All right, word. Young Rich. Um,. Also, what somebody suggested that we do is, uh, because they liked how we were talking last week, um, when we were just talking about positive mindsets. So, with all the negative shit that's going on in the world, sometimes it's good to share some positive news that's happening in the world also, you feel me? Mm -hmm. Because, you know... A lot of bad shit that's happening. Most of the popping news that you hear on Twitter or, like, anything like that is something about some complete bullshit or, like, some sad shit. So why not just highlight some of the good things that are happening in the world, too? You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, Rich, you got a story that you want to share with the folks before I share my story? Actually, I do. So, um, my, my story has to do with the uh, he's a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs right now. His name is Cole Hamels. And, um, you know, baseball players making oil money, essentially, nowadays. Straight bread. So, uh... My man's Cole Hamels. He has a house in Texas, uh, an estate. I lied. He has an estate in Texas, right? It's worth nine point four million dollars, right? So you know he got traded from the team, the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, the team he was on like two years ago, and he got traded to the Chicago Cubs. So he obviously doesn't need the nine point four million dollar estate anymore because he's not living there. So as a result, he donated that house to uh, he uh, to what's it called? A foundation that to that helps some um, special needs children, mm-hmm. and it's a nonprofit, so that's even better. And that nonprofit helps facilitate summer camps and exciting exciting experiences uh, for special needs children and kids with chronic illnesses, as well as their siblings. The property includes a hundred acres of land and thirty two thousand square feet of mansion. So I'm I'm just like, damn, good good for him, like. That's nice. Imagine how many kids he's helping out just by giving up a house like that and a mm-hmm. state like that. So it's just good to see, like, athletes really just using their money and their power for good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my good story of the week. Shout out Cole Hamels. You really, really did some shit. Okay. Kids are really appreciative of that. Okay. 
Um, so for my good news um, that's been going on, and it's actually a discussion that I wanted to have with you as well mm-hmm. before we um, talk about music that came out. Did you hear... Well, first of all, for the headliners, I was talking to somebody about the Super Bowl. People that are headlining the Super Bowls currently, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, and Big Boy. And there's a lot of controversy going on surrounding Travis Scott headlining I'm the heated. Super Bowl. I'm heated he took he took that offer, bro, to be honest. I wanted him to support Colin Kaepernick. Here's the thing. He talked to Colin Kaepernick before accepting the offer. So that's one thing. I don't oh, know Ka- what the... Colin Kaepernick ain't going to tell him to not get his money, bro. Well, I don't know what the discussion like entailed, but obviously they reached out to he reached out to him talked about it and then after that ultimately made the decision to uh, perform at the Super Bowl I hear it so the good news that I wanted to share was that um, he only agreed to do the Super Bowl on one condition yeah if they they donate half a million to some foundation right so yes so um, he agreed to play for the Super Bowl if the NFL if the NFL joined him in making a uh, joint joint donation to a charitable cause, that cause being the Dream Corps. So him, along with the NFL, are making a $500,000 contribution, and it's a non-profit organization that champions social justice. Um, so social justice that brings in topics like, uh, like Colin Kaepernick or Meek Mill. And for the NFL to accept those... Um, conditions with everything that's going on, I think is big and is gonna make people talk about it because Bro. everything that's fucking up the NFL right now, at the end they're gonna be, well at least for now paying uh, charity. Bro, I'm gonna tell you the reason this. why it's meaningless. That is meaningless to me because the NFL makes so much fucking money. What is $500,000 to them? Second of all... It's a charity regardless. Bro, if they want to make it... If they really want to... Man do doesn't want me to share my good news. That's crazy. See how right, I just made right, my good right, news you're negative? Right, you're right, you're right. You hear right, all the right, negative shit that's going on in the world? Right, right. That is a positive thing. That is all this my money. fault. I was getting heated because I don't fuck with the NFL right now. I hear I'm calling you. Kaepernick. My fault. I was letting my emotions get But angry. a non-profit that deals yeah, with social yeah. justice is now getting $500,000. Oh, yeah. Shout out and, to them. Oh, and their yeah. organization that doesn't get any money from the government is going to be highlighted and promoted on one of the biggest stages of all time. Shout out to them. They do. So there you go. Let me share my good news, okay? <laughs> See, people always pick out the neg- negative aspects. You got to remember to look at the good shit that's going to come out of it, too. Week. You feel good me? News of the week. Hey. All right, fam. Let's talk, about, let's talk about uh, music that came out this week. We already talked about Future dropping his album at the end. Nothing. Another one that I really wanted to go into was the return of Kehlani. Oh, my gosh, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've been waiting. Oh, I've been a big fan of Kehlani since Cloud19. Um, I'm big with the R&B, and I appreciate what she brings to R&B. She had a lot of shit happening with her life, with the whole Kyrie and Party Next Door incident, the fact that she almost committed suicide. But her comeback has been great ever since. Uh, she's currently pregnant. She has this crazy glow to her, and she decided to come back to the music, and she dropped a track um, over the weekend with Ty Dolla Sign called Nights Like This. Really dope track. I want everybody to go check it out. I'm not going to play it on the show tonight because all of you should have heard it already since it was a big thing 
that Kehlani came back. So yeah, very dope track. Ty Dolla Sign has been helping out artists all year with their shit. So of course you're going to see Ty Dolla Sign on yeah, that. Yeah, best believe I'm going to listen to that track too. Because anything with Ty Dolla Sign, I'm it was a fire. fan of. Kehlani's fire too. So yeah, she's beautiful. Well. So, yeah. Facts. And uh, Shorty like Kehlani a lot. So yeah, Kehlani's We all bump to Kehlani. Kehlani's dope. Yeah. Other things that came out the weekend Lost came out with fire. a single called Lost in the Fire with this producer that he worked with on My Dear Melancholy. I, I don't know if it's the weekend's track or if it's the producer's track. Regardless, it's fire. I hope that it's leading up to the release of a weekend album. Uh, what do you think about his shots? Well, quote unquote shots at Drake. What did, what did you think about that? That's if you heard the song or not. Nah, um, what was it? What was it? I would never. What, he said something about his his like never hiding oh, my the wife line right now. I'll pull up the line for you right now. Please the pull exact up that line. line. I forget it. Was... I know. I know the subcontext. And when I heard that, I was like, "Oh shit, we yeah. about to have some beef the weekend and Drake." Ah, I can't wait. This is something I can live for. This is something, you know what I mean? The line was, "And I just want a baby with the right one because I can never be the, the one, one to hide one." one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Drake's got, Drake got to come through with some crazy shit. Do you, you think that he was go- at Drake? He was taking shots at Drake? Who else is he coming at? I don't know. My thing is like, I don't know why The weekend is beefing with Drake all of a sudden. Hey, Abel coming at Aubrey? <laughs> Let's get it. I thought they were boys. Battle so the Canadians. I don't know if there was something that happened because um, I, like, I, I, I heard like some shit, but everything was just rumors and nothing like really... Uh, broke down why they were beefing so I guess if this is about Drake this could technically confirm that yes they are indeed beefing and I just want them to work it out man Take Care was such a good album let's just get back to those vibes please please OVOXO uh, anything else I dropped oh yeah this uh, artist named Comethazine dropped this dope album called Bosky 2 he gives me Sheck West vibes in terms of hype um, so I think you guys will like it. Rich, I definitely want you to go listen to it. And if you don't listen to the whole track, at least listen to the intro track because you'll get a lot of energy off that. I feel like Don will fuck with that tape, too. You know what's crazy? I saw it. You know, the name just drew me away. I'm hip. I'm hip. Listen I was like, to what the, the hell? Listen <laughs> to the first song and let me know what you think about it. All right? Say less. Say less. Now let's go to our reality checks. Want me to go with you? You always go first. All right, bet. So my reality check is... What is what is it? The four oh yeah. So um yeah, prepare yourselves mentally school is coming. That's all I'm saying. Like for those not not preparing themselves for the, the next semester and they're just going through life, I, I hope life is just, you know, treating you well. Just keep doing what you're doing, just follow the course and you know, warmer days are coming. But for those that are, you know, still getting their education, need y'all to understand that this is the second semester. Focus, you know what I mean? It's the home stretch. Think about it this way. You do two months of work, you got a spring break for a week, then you do another month and a half of work. It's very beautiful. Then you got the summer to just relax. So, you know, we all in our shit. Get a valedictorian. I said valedictorian. Dean's list this semester. You know, be healthy. Smile. Happiness. Positivity. And, yeah, just maintain the good vibes all. All, you know, January through May and into the summer. And then, uh, yeah, just continue to follow that ride. Just my reality check. And with that being said, 
Since school is coming back, that means for all of my college students out there, you are not going to be working as much as you are working right now. So I think you should budget yourself. Um, be prepared to spend since you're going to be transitioning to your school hours. So everything that you're making right now, you should budget yourself to make it last for the next couple of months because I know when school comes back, the books come. That's if you pay for books. Um, fun fact, I still haven't returned the books that I got for last semester. They charged my account. With the quickness, I was shook. I don't pay um, for books. but Yeah, I mean, finding online copies is like so... like crazy sometimes it's it's easy yeah, yeah it's easy or when you have other methods too yeah but yeah just manage your money better uh if you think you want to spend your money on those couple grams you know just save it because it could it could buy you something else you feel me so yeah just manage uh be successful for my college of nine for my class of 19 this is it this is your last semester uh so kick ass Wish I was walking that stage with y'all, but some of us, it just takes us a little longer, but well, the ending result is always success, so it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to get there as long as you get there, you feel me? Hey, that's so, a beautiful message. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's my reality message. check. All right. And now let's get with these vibes of the week so we can get the fuck up out of here. Yes, sir. All right, bet. So uh, my vibe of the week is from an album that dropped last year, but no one really gave it any attention. It's called uh, Lil Dirk Presents Only the Family Involved Volume 2. And it's a sing. It's No Auto Dirk. No Auto Dirk. And yeah, it's a single by Lil Dirk. Fire! Oh my gosh, this shit rides. Like, yo, y'all are gonna enjoy this. A nigga tell my motherfucker can't use no tune like motherfucking oh, little more grady niggas are straight hoes. Oh, niggas know what's up with us, man. Time we on PIL. Man, I get shit up, done, boy. Your ass trippin'. Niggas call me blooders just like T out here. Let's get it. I'll be calling for the phone, say I don't be out here. Catch him, knock his noodles back. Just don't tweak out here. Phone them sliding late night, honey. Ain't no sleep out here. Two days back to back, that's 50 racks to be out here. Can't have no Fifi on your block as long as Steve out here. Can't try to slide inside a fishbowl, you got beef out here. Low key wanna get you out the way, they say he a chief out here. Niggas hold, they tuck their tails cause they be scared. And they Hellcat on the E way off the meat. Say his name inside this song, my bros, I bet I see it. Niggas low key want that smoke, you do, you bet I see it. Get your ass back in that house, we got FNI9s. My credit's so A1 with killers, I be paying my fines. I be on my dick in songs, but I don't pay no mind. All them hoes that be with the Oz gang, they broke they spine. All the crackers get robbed for they shit, they bad back. I keep my Glock and hush and nail, that shit cost fire racks. All these hoes be going for real, low key, just buy them X. He got shot up in this shit out here, he tryna flex. Never cared so much, ran out of wood, just passed the Dutch. Your homies die, you'll never slide, it ain't adding up. Get caught with a pipe, you out, same night you fed or what? New op pack in the air, this gas or what? He'll still be a laugh right now if you niggas ain't gas him up. Give my shorty stingers and guns, I tell them slap for nothing. Everybody with this gang ain't shit, so they ain't dying for nothing. If she don't fuck on the first night, off the rip, I ain't bound to nothing. If I ain't got time for loving my kids, then I ain't got time for nothing. Then I slap home to my bitch, that mean no time for cutting. Why these niggas think they safe? Cause they locked in. Man, we thought this shit was over, since some shots. You think you safe when you at out west, little nigga just bopped in. I know some killers from out west, they keep them glocks. Knowing they kill her on the loose, it throw my valve off. You lighting candles on that main street, watch that sad block. You 
ever stood up over, I been knocked his dreads off You know a nigga claim he haters, but he fanned out Back then I pull up to them clubs, them killer was sitting in steamers How the fuck he say he ain't tell with the course they throwing that nigga subpoena Fuck Lil Durk, he ain't on shit, his ass a sink Fuck Lil Durk, his ass a goofy, he not let Ron eat Fuck Lil Durk, he talk to six, now laugh about this people Niggas always say they out here, we don't never see them But if we do, we pop out cars and we gon' know I them Low key, I know they hurt, they hurt so bad, they don't act G Jumped off the porch back then, went X with stacks and smoking me Six knife at Aslan, used to stay right there, right by the field Loco, he stay next door on Bishop, he was selling me 18 for exotic and Shirek, sell it 36 I'm not tryna die young out here like I'm Rowdy Rich We get that low, low, then four them go sit outside your crib Yeah, yeah, yeah Sign to the streets three on the way. We going a fifty cash show, motherfucker. And that was no auto Dirk by Lil Dirk off his uh, album. Lil Dirk presents only the family family involved volume two. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Go download. And now for my vibe of the week. My vibe of the week comes from a local artist called who calls himself Levi. His first name is Levi. In fact, I hope so. Um, I work with him. He's a really dope kid, real down to earth uh, dude. He's so nice, and he's actually really talented. It's crazy that um, we found out about each other outside of work. So the thing I've been working with this kid for a while, and I had no idea that he was working with music. He had no idea about my podcast and just my music um, knowledge in general. So it was very dope to have that conversation with him, um, just talk about things in the music industry or just things about music in general. So I gave his music a listen, and you know I don't put y'all on to any whack shit. So this this isn't really a traditional hip-hop song, you know, it's a little poppy, a little R&B, but it's a very dope track, and I always like to highlight and support my local artists. So this is Hurt You by Levi. <laughs> time you cry you always act like i'm the only reason why you try and tell me that your love is suicide and i'll be lucky if i make it out alive should i be lucky if i make it out i'm trying not to break you down i'm trying not to lie and have you crying over fake accounts i'm trying not to leave and still be thinking about you every day but then i say no Something new But lately all I ever think about is you 
But lately all I ever think about is how I'm trying to figure out a reason you believe that you and me were meant to stick it out Cause even if you leave I'll still be thinking about you every day But then I say No That was my boy Levi with his song Hurt You. I hope all of you like it. It's available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. So if you were a fan of that, make sure you download it to your library. At him on Instagram, I believe it's Levi BZO. I might be wrong, but if you type it in on IG, it should give you the correct version of whatever the fuck that is. Follow him and just tell him that you like his song, you know, because that shit's fire. I. So, uh, Rich, anything you want to say to the people before we dip? Um, if you have not spread the, the message of the urban product to your friends and family, start doing so. Also, um, I'm going to start a clothing brand this summer, so wait on it. Heard. All right, it's your boy DME. It's your boy Cozy Rich. And you've been listening to the urban product. We will catch y'all next week. Deuce. Love, love on ice. Love on ice. Love, love, love on ice. Hey, yo, Christy, I'm a Gucci. Your love got me goofy. Got me acting stupid. My heart Johnny Dang. Christy, I'm a Gucci. Your love got me goofy. Got me acting stupid.